Let's not waste any time. Here we go. You ready? I, th I think sure. we're having too much fun. This is just how it goes. Okay. Let's not waste any time. You're here to get tips and tricks on sales and training. Let's go in between the notes. You're listening to In Between the Notes with Phil DeSantis, the sales guy, and Joseph Benton, the training guy. That's right. So get ready to learn something cool and have some fun doing it. Oh, goodness. Well, Phil, what in the world are we talking about today? <laughs> You know, we've been talking for a long time, and uh, this is our first episode of this podcast. So, you know, know, we should isn't stop it, pretending like we don't we, know we've each, known each other. <laughs> Who are you again? It is, it has been, we've known each other now, what, almost two years, and Gosh, we have right. worked, yeah, we, we, we've worked together on all sorts of different projects. Yes, uh, indeed. To get salespeople uh, better, faster in all sorts of different capacities from people who are brand new to people who are just starting to understand what the art of sales is all the way to the seasoned VP and rep who's sometimes plateaued and just needs to relook at uh, the way that they, uh, they go to the customer and- uh, hmm. But and, is there and, and an Kind of give them a refresh. Is there an art of selling? I, I I wonder, is there really an art to it? I mean, you got to like paint by numbers to learn it, or is there some other way <laughs> we can we can learn it? Well, maybe maybe have yes. a little fun. I don't know. We of course, of course. It's, well, sales is fun. I mean, it's the it's the interacting with people that makes selling fun. Absolutely. It's uh, and you're right. It's a little bit of, a little bit of art and a little bit of science, and that's where you and yes. I would always come together. Very true. And, you know, uh, unlike art, uh, you know, with the science part, the sciencey aspect of it, um, you know, there are certain things that uh, really work and they can be developed and they can be sharpened and they can be tested, which is, you know, a large part of really getting better at sales and that sort of thing, as well as training. So um, let's get down to it. Now, I was asking you this vital question. What is it that we're talking oh. about today? Do you remember? Oh, today. Today. I did, yeah. Uh, today, I was going to go over the three things that I feel make a great salesperson. Oh, fantastic. That is an awesome topic. I would imagine there are probably yeah. plenty of people out there really to know what makes a great salesperson, especially somebody who is trying to hire somebody that they want to be yes. a great salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. That's the, that if we could figure that out, Joseph, and we could measure people's potential from a job interview, oh, uh, I would never have to work again a day in my life. That's true. And if we could figure that one out, that'd be nice. <laughs> no, no, no kidding. <laughs> and, and not only that, just to distill it down to three things is probably doing sales a little bit of a disservice. I know we're going to discuss that, but also in your end, since you're doing the, uh, the instructional design end of this, mm -hmm. well, what were the things that you were going to discuss today? Well, I'm actually going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is how to take great pictures, like three tricks to taking great pictures. And this does relate to training and it does relate to sales in the following way. You know, you could be in any given situation and somebody somewhere says, hey, we need a picture of this for that. And, you know, you can be the guy or you can be the gal 
you know, the one that steps up and goes, you know what? I know how to take a really good picture. Why? Because I heard this on this really great podcast and it was very easy to remember. And I'm going to knock out, I'm going to knock this out like I'm a pro. Well, that would be very helpful because I have a very large forehead. And, um, <laughs> and uh, um, I have a solution for that, by the way. We'll you, get to it. <laughs> it doesn't involve shrinking your forehead. But... Are, are, are you sure it doesn't involve like hair club for men or any of those any of those creams or things? Nah, 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 nah well, well, not that. Well, why don't you tell us? Why don't, why don't we why don't we start with that? That sounds. You want to dive in? There? Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I think Walk that, me through that. that's awesome. Okay, so pretty simply put, um, you know, whenever you're getting ready to take a picture, there's there's just mm -hmm. three basic things. Very, very simple. The first is you need to make sure that you're avoiding direct sunlight. So if you're looking, you know, you got your phone, you're just using your regular phone to take a picture. And if you can see direct sunlight on somebody's face, you ain't doing it right. That is not the way to do it. And the reason why is because it creates these really deep, dark shadows on somebody's face. And it looks horrible whenever you try to use it for whatever purposes. Whoever it is that's putting together the newsletter or, you know, putting it on the web or, or whatever, uh, it really doesn't help anybody to have these deep, dark shadows. It, it often makes people look much older than they really are. And uh, the, the reason why I came up with this was I was researching topics for our podcast and uh, my wife happened to, you know, say to me, hey, you know, um, uh, I'm putting together the newsletter this week for the, for the company that she works for. And there was this picture of this big group of people and half of them were in the sun and the other half were not in the sun. And it just made it, you know, I had to break out my magic Photoshop skills to fix the problem. And oh. It was not fun. Uh, so it made me think, you know what? There's actually three tips to this. And I used to be a professional photographer. I don't know if you know that or not, Phil. I don't think we've ever really talked about how it is that I was a combat correspondent in the Marine Corps. And I used to go and, you know, fly in helicopters and the desert and take pictures and write stories and all of that sort of stuff. And I've actually Wait, been exhibited, would... by the way. I didn't think I've told you about that oh, i've had wow. an ex exhibit okay, okay. so my uh, photography so you got some skills here you got some skills here that i need to pay attention to okay <laughs> so, I, I'm, so i'm thinking and uh you, you know being southern italian i get a lot of sun on my face mm -hmm. and um but don't take pictures with that yes if you're having a picture so taken where does the see sun, the sun have to be yeah the sun actually has to be behind the person who you are taking a picture of. So if you're the photographer, the sun needs to be in front of you, but behind something out of the way. Like, you know, if you're standing under a tree and the sun is on the other side of the tree, but you can't see the sun, or let's say it's a building. The sun is on the other side of a building. And then, by the way, that, that was like leading us on to tip number two. So avoid the direct sunlight. And tip number two is make sure that behind you is mm -hmm. the other side of the sky where it's all blue. So behind you is nothing but blue sky. And a blue sky works wonders to provide the light that you need to take a picture of somebody. That's the best lighting yeah. that you can have. Other than maybe if it was a cloudy day. Cloudy days, it's just very diffuse light. And you don't have to worry about the sun at all if you don't see the sun. So 
important thing is avoid the direct sunlight make sure the blue sky is in back of you as the photographer and um that's pretty much it that's the three things right there so one is avoid the direct sunlight uh two was put the sun behind your subject and three mm -hmm. is to use the blue sky behind you to light the person in front of you okay so let me see if i get this right go ahead now you're talking to someone who doesn't have anywhere near your skills and thank you very much for your service i can't even imagine not only what you've seen what you've actually captured through your lens yeah neat um, stuff yeah and something tells me that's a that's another podcast that uh um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh you know for for the sake of this the three three ways to take a, a great pick mm -hmm. now tips three thank tips. god three tips three tips is avoid direct sunlight mm -hmm. now the subject basically can't mm -hmm. have the sun directly on their face so that means i'm looking directly at the sun when I'm taking their picture. Now, wouldn't that mess up the lens with all that light coming in from the sun behind the subject? And would I be able to see the subject clearly? Cause uh, you know, I have a family of ophthalmologists mm -hmm. and we have sunglasses cause it's not healthy right. to look directly at the sun. Right. So um, is this an unhealthy act here? No. And thank you for the clarifying question because you wanna have the sun behind something behind them, behind a building, behind a tree, behind your subject. So if you can directly see the sun yourself, no, that's, mm -hmm. that's not good. You want to have the sun that's not good. behind them somewhere that it's out of the way. Okay. So stand like, you know, you could just park yourself right in front of a building or park yourself right, you know, under a tree and just make sure that the sun is, is in front of you directionally, but that you can't mm -hmm. see it because it's behind something. So stand in the shade of the sun. All right. So. So if we have the chance to do all this, that's, that's fantastic. Now mm -hmm. we're not always that, you know, fortunate mm -hmm. to be able to do that without standing in the middle of traffic, uh, or being in some real weird spot that mm -hmm. we don't have the sun perfectly, you know, behind the customer or behind the customer, <laughs> behind the subject. Like, often with, it is a customer of some kind. Uh, 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 correct. It is uh, behind the subject uh, with some type of diffuse light, whether mm -hmm. it's a tree, whether it's a building. And of course that could be a time of day because high noon obviously comes a challenge put and, and, and that's been putting the sun behind your subject. Now the, this is ideal. And of course use the blue sky as you know, mm -hmm. behind, behind me. you. Yeah. Or if I have, uh, dark clouds behind me or something like that it's still going to be diffuse light it just may not be as crisp and clear that i would have if it were just blue skies yeah so it's it's going to okay. be really unlikely that a blue sky is going to be problematic it's going to be pretty darn great and uh if it's a it happens to be a cloudy day with you know it's still light out then that's actually like really perfect for photography all right, so that's kind of, that's actually kind of simple. It is, and you'd be amazed, like like like, like everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> you'd be amazed. no no. I'd, I'd be I'd, I'd be amazed at what you would be amazed. I promise you would be amazed. You'd be amazed at how it's easy to how easy it is to mess up a picture. And you know we've got these fancy you know phones and fancy cameras. I mean you know I hardly ever use my professional gear anymore because the I've always got my phone with me and phone takes amazing pictures but the lighting is something that is really hard to correct and 
lots of, you know, like I have a Google phone and it's got excellent um, built in uh, software that will make the picture better. You know, and you have these HDR features, you know, the high dynamic resolution features. Believe it or not, it's just doing what you would naturally do if you had the right lighting settings. So you want to have the right lighting settings, have diffuse light like the, the blue sky behind you. Don't see the direct sun and um, just make sure that the sun is behind them and you got blue sky behind you and no direct sun and you're good to go. And And, and that works for everything, not just people, but... Like Anything. If you're standing next to a car. Yes. Things like that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that that's really good to know. So now I know why my pictures of when I was growing up, I don't look all that great. Because there's that's always this happening. bright light right in the picture. And it's like, oh. Exactly. And they took them with those little snappy cameras or Polaroids and uh, 200, 400 or 800 film and whatever. Mm -hmm. Everybody got the wrong aperture. I'm sure there's a whole science and physics behind it that I know nothing about, uh, which is why these three simple steps <laughs> make make sense for the Neanderthal that I am when it comes to taking pictures. <laughs> I am a simple person. I need simple steps. Make it easy for me. Oh, I oh. heard that. Did you hear that? Oh, I, I, I did. How could I not? Time for a pop quiz. All right. Okay. Pop so I'm my not a big fan of pop quizzes. Go ahead. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and give you my question here. Are you ready? Yes. How much of the work week do employees have available for learning according okay. to a LinkedIn learning report? So these are the wonderful folks at LinkedIn learning and they say it's either how... an uh -huh. hour. This is the amount of time that people have available during the week, either an hour, two hours, or a half hour. What's your answer? What do you think? Pop quiz. Why do I feel that this is a trick question when they say that <laughs> available for learning from the LinkedIn learning report? Well, they're the experts on learning. I, I would I would take it. I, I okay. I'll, I'll take that with a little. Well, whatever, whatever it's worth. This is but... not a paid promotion. Oh, oh okay. It's not a paid promotion. <laughs> We're not oh, it's not. Paid. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to say being a, you know, as, as a sales guy for a while, I would, I, 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 I'm going to go with a half hour. Half hour. Oh, well, you know what? You're really, really, the, you got the correct answer, but you just, you know, you're really, really close. It's actually 24 minutes. So <laughs> it's 1% of the work week and almost a half an hour so it's 24 minutes that's how much time that linkedin learning says that people have available for learning during the week can you believe that um well now i'm getting a little frightened because i think we have to make sure our podcast is less than 24 minutes if we're going to take up that point whatever oh 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 one percent oh yeah that is uh that that's pretty sad i think that we um definitely should be committing more time mm. uh to, to learning Mm, yes, indeed. Hopefully people will get more time. And, you know, of course, this podcast is completely available for commuters. You know, so <laughs> hello, commuters. We're here all for those you. People that are, all those people that are going back to work due to the hybrid um, push, don't forget, if you don't learn something new every day, it's a waste of a day. So uh, give us a shot. Yes, indeed. All right. How about your question? Where you got yeah, great. I, pop quiz all me. Right, sure. I'll pop quiz you. Um, what percentage of customers say they would give referrals mm. you ready okay this is okay. interesting is it is it 43 percent 65 percent 
or 91%. Would give referrals. Okay. So would give referrals. Now, um, are these like out of satisfied customers that would give a referral? Because <laughs> <laughs> let's just say all the big bucket of uh, all the customers. All of them. Uh, all they're we'll, we'll say they're existing customers. And because this is a lighthearted, uh, lighthearted discussion, we'll say they're happy customers. And so what percentage of those customers say they give referrals? Again, 45, 43, excuse me, 65 or 91%. I'm going to go with 65. 65 that is a that is a good good guess um but but not correct though i'm not correct it's a little short 91 percent of customers say they would give referrals but here's the real kick in the pants only 11 percent of salespeople actually ask for a referral Hmm. and here's another stat that i'm going to layer on top of this 84 percent We'll just round it up to 85 since I like those numbers. Mm-hmm. 85% of business to business decision makers start their purchase with a referral. Hmm. So it behooves all salespeople out there ask for a referral. It sounds like you probably network are like leaving money on yeah. the table if you don't get it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I never understood is uh in 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 my career sales Mm -hmm. is i networking is key right Mm -hmm. what what do we always talk about it's not who you know it's who knows you Mm -hmm. and it's how they know you Mm -hmm. so after you get a sale it's you're not done it's not until value is recognized by the customer Mm -hmm. but one of the things i'd always kind of put a little worm in their ear is hey if this works out for you um would it be okay if i come back to you for a referral Mm nine out of 10 times when after somebody buys something, which is probably where the 91% of the customers say they give referrals, uh, they're like, um, yeah, of course. So does that mean Um, that during the entire time that's that you are providing a product or service to someone, they're thinking, gosh, that guy's going to come back and ask me for for a referral. I I better make sure that this is a good service (laughs) before I refer. Well, it's, well, yeah, not only that, but it's going to make us uh, make sure we deliver on what we say, what we're going to deliver. There's, there's something more at stake. You got your, you know, tushy on the line there, you know, so that's good. That's good. Well, I don't know. I don't know. How about some basic integrity, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm all for that, you know, for sure. It's like, you know, you can't can't work without integrity. So, you know, there you go. Because the, nothing works without integrity. That's why boats right. sink whenever they the hull is compromised. <laughs> oh, really? We, we don't like Ship's those integrity. lightweight ones that are, we don't like the perforated hulls? Um, well, the new design? Yeah, maybe the ones that are just entirely made out of styrofoam, but no, I don't think oh. that we're talking about those. Oh, I was going to make them out of screens. Um, mm-hmm. See, now for me, for this whole thing, Joseph, now I know that you're a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. I also know that I've seen your, you're also a professional instructional designer, and I've yes. seen some of the work that you've done. It's incredible. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and me, uh, I just go and grab a photo and crop it and crop out all the bad shadowing and everything else because I don't know squat. So. <laughs> stand up in front of a room and try and bring energy to content. Uh, I very rarely, but I know that if you were in the back were to look at my photo and be like, that's a horrible, horrible photo. <laughs> Who did that? And I just hope that I'm only on that slide for 
were in that presentation for just a few minutes and <laughs> quickly move on. <laughs> yes. And uh, speaking of moving on, I am very, very excited, by the way, about hearing about your three things that make a great salesperson. Oh. Well, how about right. that segue there? That was just like, that was bang <laughs> right yeah, there. Yeah. You know, Joseph, you, 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 you should be a producer as well. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Is, so I was thinking is, you know, since three is the magic number. Mm -hmm. um, it is. Yes. Yeah, school, schoolhouse rock is yes, indeed. fantastic as my plug. Mm -hmm. uh, so what were the three things that make a great salesperson? So I'm just going to tell you what the three are, then we can kind of talk about them. All right. Is the, the first one is for salespeople. And I tell everybody this one they first when they first join any organization is that they understand that they're running their own business with the company's money. Mm -hmm. Second is that they have sales situational awareness. Mm. Okay. And third is they focus on revenue generating activities, not administrative work. Hmm. You know, the one I'm most curious about is what does this mean to have sales situational awareness? I mean, I know what situational awareness is, you know, I was, I was in the military, you know, it's like, you mm -hmm. need to know, you get a, a sit rep, a situation report, you know, you, you mm -hmm. got to know where, what, where you're at and what you're dealing with. What is sales situational awareness? Well, Joseph, it has a lot to do. And I think I stole it from uh, reading all the military and the Navy SEAL books and Marine manuals and things like this. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not in the arms, arms service. I have a lot of friends that are, uh, you included. And I always thought that you really have to have an understanding of, of, of where you are in the sales cycle. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, especially new salespeople, they get what we call happy ears. Mm. They have a great conversation with somebody and then they go to their manager. Oh my God, they're going to buy. It's like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. There are some sales stages that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. uh, did we do a proper discovery call? Did we scope the deal correctly? Uh, did you know? Do we show? Are we sure that we're talking to the right people? I mean, do they have any money to spend on this? I mean, there's all sorts of different acronyms. There are sales acronyms. You got Banch. You got Medic. I mean, pick one of these. Hmm. And every sales stage has milestones and toll gates to move from one stage to the next. For instance, you're in the discovery phase. Hey, uh, do we know exactly what their current situation is? Uh, do we know what their business impact is of their current situation and possibly the financial impact of, of where they are right now? And then of course, what's their future state? Where do they want to be? And what would be the business impact when the, at this new future state? And of course, what would also be the financial impact at that at that stage. And do I have all the information uh, from my end and we should be able to move them to that next stage of possibly doing a demo or uh, doing a POC, which is a proof of concept or proof of value or things like this. And it the reason is, is by knowing where you are, you know exactly what tasks are needed for you to move from one stage to the next. And that's what I call sales situational awareness. And, uh -huh. and, and the beauty of, and beauty of this is, and now you're the military guy, I am not. <laughs> uh, so for, so for salespeople, it's, it's, it's to better equip them to understand their customer, mm -hmm. uh, to better build relationships because it'll help you identify and mm -hmm. uh, also identify opportunities. Okay. So a uh, question for you. So, you know, I, yeah. I have done, you know, some sales over the years, uh, oh. 
just yes, I I have. I, I of course sold, I sold cars for Toyota for like oh. <laughs> over two years. So oh, there's definitely some stories there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, some fun stories too. And uh, so so my question for you is uh, because um, the second time that I did it, I, I did it in in LA, and and then I did it uh, near where I live here. Uh, I was the internet marketing guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, leads would come in, you know, obviously that's, that's one stage, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, the next stage would be getting the lead and then, you know, looking it over and making sure that you're not assuming too much about a person based on the information that they provide. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, making that phone call and finding out what it is that they're interested in and beginning that interview process. So uh, this sort of reminds me of like a funnel, you know, like you've got your leads at the top because that's the highest, you know, the, the top part where they start and it's the widest. And then it gets all the way down to a point where they've signed mm-hmm. and you have their, you got their signature, you got their money. So is it, is it, are you talking about like, where are they at in the funnel? Yes, it is exactly like that. It's like, where are they in that sales funnel? Just like mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, obviously the widest part would be you know, the prospects with the potential mm-hmm. people. And of course, as we, as we ask additional questions, find out more of what it is that they're looking for, obviously making sure that they test drive the car, right? Yes. Uh, at, at, at first, what do they do? What's the price of the car? You know, is the price going to be the first thing that they just balk at and say, I'm out of here, uh, which is why you quickly want to get them in a car so they can start picturing themselves in it thinking, Oh, geez, with a dog fit in the back, with the skis fit in the top of the car. Uh, can I put my bags in here? Can I see myself you know, sitting 40 minutes in traffic one way? Uh, now that we all have to go back to the office uh, and back. Right. Uh, does the sound system good? Does the car heat up? I mean, we're in, I'm here in New England, so a heated steering wheel is a, definitely a plus or a remote car starter. You know, they have to start imagining that. And guess what? Sure. They're not thinking about price when they're test driving that car. They right. want to see if this is going to work. And then when they come back in, the emotion's high mm-hmm. of, because now we're going to talk about price and am I going to screw up if I overpay for this? And I come back and my wife goes, what the heck were you thinking? Can uh, I or she this? was in the car with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, those are all the questions that you think about. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that are going on in that sales funnel. And mm-hmm. that's part of that situational awareness is understanding where your customer is. And so how do you, I guess maybe the question is, you know, how do you develop situational awareness, right? Is you, you've, you've pointed out a couple of these things, you know, you have to be present, you have to observe, you know, you have to practice how you're going to handle some common objections. You know, you obviously want to stay informed about your cars, what's the latest and greatest. And and naturally is you generally want to be curious as to what interests them and what brought them in for the day or, uh, you know, you know, why are you here? And that comes down to verbal pacing that comes down to tone. uh, Because people know that if you race through the question, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you pause and you're like, no, seriously, what? So what is it that you were looking for when you walked in here today? You know, then, oh, geez, you know, I'm looking for this type of a car. I'm looking for this, you know, oh, is it for a family car? Or is it just for a community? And, and, and away you go. It's, a, it's just supposed to have a business conversation. Mm-hmm. So again, that's how you develop some of these things is just take being relevant to those. Uh, but what are the common sales situations? Now, you're an internet guy. Uh, for us as sellers who carried a bag was there are certain things you're always doing. You're always doing cold calls, for instance, and prospecting. You're always networking. 
Uh, there are, you know, negotiations, there's product demonstrations. You have to learn how to close the deal. I don't like to say close the deal. You have to learn how to ask for the orders. But so those are common sales situations. And right. you have to be able to understand as to where you are in that. Um, not only your role, but you know, what expectations are. And naturally that each one of those, each one of those sales situations happen in that sales funnel mm -hmm. that you that you just described. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, knowing where you are, which is why sometimes your manager was always like, hey, you know, seriously, are they gonna sign before the end of the quarter? Are they gonna sign before the end of the month? Where are you? And you're racking your brain, you're looking at your notes going, okay, let's see, I've done this, I've done the demo. I may have to do a demo again to another business unit because they're influencers in, in overall the decision when they make this investment in our technology. Okay, well, uh, we have this thing slated to happen before the end of the quarter. So uh, are you, is this being triangulated for that? And you have to know, you, you have to know that. Uh, and that's having that situational awareness. Because sometimes, uh, you know, I always tell people to have a pre-proposal meeting. Yeah. So the things that I'm going to be telling, that I'm going to be putting on that proposal is exactly what they're looking for. I want to make sure I got the recipe right. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I may not have it right, which means the sales doesn't necessarily progress forward. Sometimes I have to move backwards. And that's that's a situational awareness okay. now you have other people who are going to help you with this uh and i don't know if that explains it correctly there for for, for you joseph i but think that's it does kinda... and okay. i'm actually thinking about how this probably ties into the third one uh -huh. so let me ask you this now you're the third uh -huh. one that you said if i remember correctly off the top of my head uh something about focusing on revenue generating activities uh -huh. yep. uh so I think that what you mean by having that sales situational awareness has something to do with making sure that you're on track and that you're, yes. you're focused on the things that are generating revenue. Yeah. Is that correct? I understand that. Yes. And as you've heard the old adage, time is money. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a wonderful book on time management and the opening line said it best. Um, if you manage your time, you manage your life. And there has to be a certain discipline, and it is a discipline, on going through these sales activities or sales motions or however you're going to, which kind of goes back to the first one, is mm -hmm. that you're running your own business with, with the company's money. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I'm spending my time correctly. Mm -hmm. So naturally, you're there to generate revenue, period, yes. end of story, full, full stop. Right. If you don't make any money, well, it's going to be hard for you to eat and put a roof over your head. And that's where the blade cuts the other way when it comes to sales. So what happens is I want you to focus on just those revenue generating activities from prospecting. So obviously I want to make sure people fill that funnel. Mm -hmm. I then want you to work on your tasks of moving your customers that are already in your sales funnel, whether they're in the discovery phase, the demonstration phase, the scoping phase, proposal phase, wherever they are. And that you're continuing to try and move these things forward. And then lastly, of course, is the people that are uh, at that point where they're going to be purchasing mm -hmm. is or making that investment is when are we going to, how am I going to triangulate that close? Uh, because like I said, time is money. Sometimes administrative work can be delegated. And the most important thing, the reason I mentioned this is that salespeople, you need to prioritize. Uh, and again, that's where you, where are you going to spend your time? 
where you're gonna get the best, most bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's that's why it's very important. Okay. Now let's uh, talk a little bit about the next episode here. Sure. We are going to be going over some other things next episode. And uh, my topic I'm going to cover is the three uh-huh. secrets to leadership. So I have been involved in a lot of different organizations, a lot of different leaders, and have developed leadership training programs, management training programs. There are some secrets to being a great leader, and uh, I will go over those. So that's what I'm chatting about next time. What are you chatting about next time? Um, I am, I'm going to be chatting about, you know, the three questions that you have to answer to prove value or, or, or better yet, more specifically to create a world-class proposal. Ah, so there's three questions that would make a world-class proposal, AKA prove value. Mm-hmm. Aha. Yes. That yes, sounds you very said that, interesting. You said that better than I did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, it's, it is universal uh-huh uh with most organizations um and so can this yeah. be part of like a marriage proposal you know uh <laughs> actually yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, it very well could i never <laughs> never looked at it that way but i'm thinking about it going yeah yes yes actually it could matter of fact I actually think most decisions are 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 made with these three questions have to be answered in in the background. Yes, uh, all, all, almost the same way that uh, we're built uh, biologically. Uh, do I like you and do I trust you? Mm. You know, those are the things when we first meet people. I think it's something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll have to uh, open that box when we get there. Okay. Well, thank right. you so much for your time today, Phil. I'm so glad that we kicked this thing off. And I'm looking forward to having a really fun podcast with you going forward with fun with sales and training in between the notes. And uh, we have a very special thing, by the way, that we have uh, cooked up between us. And that is an opportunity for those Mm -hmm. of you who are listening to uh, play along. So there's going to be this unanswered question that will uh, be a theme as we go forward. And uh, we invite people to try to answer the question. You remember mm-hmm. what the question is there, Phil? Uh, what is in between the notes? What is in between the notes? What the heck does that mean? What are <laughs> they talking about? There has to, and no, now, if you write into us at in at between the notes.net, you got that? In, I N, at between the notes.net, we will read your name on the air and we'll let you know if you got it and we may even point out a couple people like dang that's a good answer but you know you're gonna have to try again so we will we'll have a little fun with that and we'll acknowledge the people that get it right yeah i i I like that i I just hope the people that i uh, have attended my trainings over the last five years because they know that i've said that repeatedly (laughs) that uh, if they're listening they probably will know the answer joseph so for them they get a no prize yes Um, that is what everybody gets everybody gets the (laughs) no prize right and you want to explain to them what the no prize is uh it's just that it's uh it's uh no prize yeah um what's the prize no you, you got your name on the air. That's about it. You you, you got your air. Uh, you got your name in the air, and you got the recognition that uh, you you figured it out, and uh, 
we are, of course, eternally grateful. The fact is that you did, because that means that uh, you're picking up what we're putting down. It means someone's listening. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> so all, th all three of you out there, uh, thank you, mom, dad, and my wife. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, there were four, I guess, if my wife. Four. Oh, well, yeah. oh, we're, oh, well, okay. So, uh, you know, well, I'm really happy that, that, that we did this podcast, Joseph, because I was always told, you know, that I, I have a face for radio and a voice for newspaper. So uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, we were able to make this happen, uh, I, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. And of course, naturally, well, I always appreciate you. Yes, thanks. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your friendship. And, you know, this is a great way for us to, you know, we always enjoyed working together. And so this is a great way to continue that, even though nobody's paying us to do it. You know, that's the Not whole yet. point of fun. Not yet. We'll see. Now, hey, <laughs> maybe somebody will sponsor us. It'll, it'll have to be something really weird and really obscure. You know, like somebody who sells aglets will have an aglet commercial, you know. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going. I, I think most sponsors are going to be like, and I wish these guys could just land the plane and uh, see if they can kind of end this thing uh, nicely. Without uh, crashing. <laughs> <laughs> just get that's out a, of the air. That's, that's get on the ground. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Joseph, thank you. I always appreciate it. And, and, and again, uh, this is, you know, I, I always love the tips and tricks on, 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 sales and training that's what we're here that's what we're all about if you have some great ideas or things that we need to uh to discuss or dig a little bit deeper on you know we're always open to those suggestions and um and more than happy to give you our opinion and all right uh, what maybe has worked or hasn't yes all right so then everybody we'll catch you next time with fun with sales and training in, in between, between the, the notes, notes. That was, that was actually fun. I, uh, I I wrote down a ton of notes. I think that you could probably see that I did. No. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. No. I, I thought you were doing what I was doing. I was trying not to fidget, trying not to make noise. <laughs> I, I as, as was I, because I didn't realize every time I touched my desk or you know hit hit a hit a key oh yeah my freaking my wedding ring smacked the table like twice and i could hear it you know, and I'm like, you can hear it. <sighs> yeah 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 <laughs>